Beastmaster. It is a sad, sad day in Canada after what happened Saturday morning, and we will get into that later. But the guys at Purposely Offside are here to bring you an entertaining and amazing show. My name is Brian Drzejewski. I'm joined alongside two amazing gentlemen, one named Anthony DiNardo here on my left, yeah, and one named Jordan Battaglia across the glass. What's happening, guys? What to do, what to do. What to do, what to do. And now it's going to be what it don't because, you know, he ain't coming back. But like you said, Brad, we'll get to that in a second. Great to be back here. Uh, you know, we took last week off, uh, but we're back here in the studio and we got so much to talk about, guys. Yeah, it's been interesting, very emotional, I should say, week. Yeah. Week and a bit uh, ever since NBA free agency. But man, what a what a stunner to, to start the weekend, that's for sure. Different show for the Mac audience today. You know, usually we're in here interviewing someone, but today there's so much to talk about that we're actually, we're actually just going to talk about some of the big topics uh, that have been going on in the sports world. Um, and obviously the one being Kawhi Leonard leaving the Toronto Raptors. Crazy, eh? Well, I'm sure a lot of us anticipated it. I didn't. Some people anticipated it. It's almost like uh, it's almost like we just broke up with, uh, or the, or that a girlfriend just broke up with a boyfriend that they've been dating for a year, had a good relationship. And yeah, they, it's almost like and a, they moved on. It's like one of those like summer flings where like you yeah. you meet someone and think of the most <laughs> amazing person ever. You have incredible dates. Yeah, you know fireworks. You and go then, for ice cream every day. And then she just takes off and leaves with your best friend. You know? Yeah, what, what do they just call that? You. The turkey dump. Like, well, that's after Thanksgiving. Yeah, everyone comes back from university and just breaks up with the the person. <laughs> yeah, the, they were the with. turkey dump is you know when you're in university, you know you you, you date someone and then. And then you ghost them going into the Thanksgiving weekend. And you come home because you're away for school. Yeah. And then end up just having that sit down or even send a text nowadays. Yeah, hey, it's, it's, probably a, it's probably a text. It's over. Maybe even a DM. Yeah. Have you guys been turkey dumped? No. 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 But I, I mean, I've heard a lot about uh, turkey dumps and um, the way they're handled. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's not good. No, it's not good at all. But, I mean, the way Kawhi broke up with Toronto... I don't think it was a turkey dump. It's it a was Canada a, Day dump. It was, it was a Canada one. Day dump. It was a July Fourth Memorial Day dump. Uh, it's different though. Kawhi uh, decided to go his own way. Um, he brought us everything, right? He brought us a championship, but uh, now he decided to take his talents back home. You know what this proves more than anything? That you cannot trust. Anybody on social media, unless it's Woj Bomb. Yeah, there's so many layers to get through in this whole story. So why don't we start there, Brian? Let's start with how every analyst, whether it's in the United States, in Canada, kind of looks a little... They look like they don't know their stuff. They have no credit, any credibility Yeah, anymore. it's like they lost their credibility. But do you think anyone actually cares? Like, do you think people are sitting there now saying, well, this person at this network I don't trust anymore. This person at this network I don't trust anymore. I don't think anyone's keeping tabs. Yeah. Because it was so interesting to read that people just wanted that clickbait. Yeah, that that's exactly what it was, right? It, it was 100% clickbait. And I think when Stephen A. spits out what he spits out, when Chris Broussard spits out what he spits out, I think people know it's clickbait. But still, like, it's... It's something they they were so to. wrong. No one knew anything. Literally, no, not one person knew 
anything that was going on. Even the people that said the Clippers are the front runners, I don't think they knew either. I think they were just spitting stuff off just to appease Clippers fans. The only thing people knew when you know this this whole as this whole Kawhi watch hashtag Kawhi watch went on was who the three teams were. People knew it was Toronto. People knew the Lakers were in it, or they had a meeting. People knew the uh, the Clippers were in it. That's the only thing people knew. You know, you had Jalen Rose saying that ninety nine to 99.9% sure that Kawhi was coming back to the Raptors. I don't think he was doing it for clickbait. Maybe he was. I, I, I 100% know. think. You I think, think I 99.9% believe that he was doing it for to be clickbaity. Really? Yeah, that, that's a very clickbaity thing. I mean, he, he did play for the Raptors, but I think he was just trying to jump on board with this whole, you know, athlete clickbait thing. Like, there, right. like you saw, like, uh, there was all the attention towards, like, what Chris Carter was saying and Kendrick Perkins and then Jalen Rose jumped on board. But again, like you have these guys that are on these competing networks and they're 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 trying to fight for uh, share of the attention, share of the spotlight. They they everybody in the media, and we we all know this from following all and being diehard fans of these Toronto sports teams for so many years, and just how savage media people can be in these markets. And especially you're talking about two media heavy markets like LA and Toronto. Mm-hmm. There's just so much media attention, everything's so microscopic that they're just everyone's just fighting for a piece of, of the attention in the spotlight in the media. So um Yeah. And, and I'm not we, surprised it got that bad. Yeah. Near the end of it and towards his the end of his decision, it got really annoying because every, it was like every second someone was just trying to come out with something and like by the end of it you're just like, Okay, listen, I'm shutting this off. I'm just waiting for Kawhi to come out with the decision. Yeah. And he just he 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 announced it perfectly. He announced it late night, you know, when no one's paying attention, everyone's sleeping, and then all of a sudden, boom, you woke up in the morning and he was uh, he was gone. So just uh, I, I want to build off that point in just a second, but all these different theories that were thrown out on where Kawhi's going to go, I'm so certain, uh, you know, the guys in the States like Stephen A. and and uh, Chris Broussard so convinced he was going to the Lakers, trying to convince other people he was going to the Lakers, but I almost feel like we live in this fake news generation where it's like it's okay to spit this fake news and have no repercussions on it yeah because no one's no one's talking about how these guys who mind you they make a lot of money these guys in the states right no one's no one's talking about how wrong they were but it's the the thing is and to go build off your point is it's entertaining that's what it is that's That's what it is now It, it could be wrong and they could be you know just throwing stuff out there just to see if it sticks but it's it's entertaining and that's what sports and especially sports media has become because with all social media and everything, it's all clickbait and it's mostly, it has to be entertaining. If it's entertaining, even though you're wrong, it'll, it'll work. It's more of a reality sideshow now than anything. It's these people are spitting out my sources say, or I'm hearing, well, I know you can't say who your source is, but it's easy to say that. It's easy for me to sit here right now and say, my sources told me that Kawhi was coming to Toronto. I don't know anything, but it's if we if we had a, a very large platform where millions of people were listening, they would take that and retweet it and share it and tell their friends, and then that word gets out there. Yeah, and your name gets out there, and then you get more listeners. No one cares about being right. I think it's sad though that people are, are losing their credibility, but they're not losing followers about it or because of it. Like I'm sure Stephen A, I'm sure Chris Broussard, Skip Bayless, these guys. If anything, from delivering fake news about where Kawhi is going and and how they they haven't lost any followers. If anything, they've gained followers from it, right? And I think it's 
that's too bad because it's like you said, we're we're living in an era an era where it's more about the entertainment rather than the factual news and what's what's right. Yeah, I and, think and what the right news is. Yeah, I, I think that if you're a fan of the sport or you're a fan of any sport, you know, um, you've known by now who the reputable, incredible uh, reporters are right. within the sport or within your team. But then you also know who could be there for entertainment or just um, just fun, like clickbait. Yeah. yeah, like you know like Stephen A. Smith or we keep throwing this guy out, but um, you know what you're getting from the guy, but you still go back because he, he does have an element of entertainment that he brings. But then you also, like I said, you you follow the guys that you know are credible sources. And then in the NBA, it's Woj. Well, the fact that we're talking about Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith, sorry, here on 93.3 CFMU Radio here in Hamilton. That's all you need to say about it, right? It. We're, we're talking about him here on Mac Radio. We're talking about Stephen A. Smith. You know what's and it's em- not because of his factual information. You know what's embarrassing it, it, for Toronto media? The fact that Kawhi was able to meet with Paul George, the Lakers, the Clippers, and... None of that was reported. This was all out in public. And and, and Kawhi's a, a pretty big figure in L.A. because he was the talking point down there. But he comes up to Toronto, and you have helicopters following this yeah. guy. And That's then right. you, you have the chopper following him along the highway and the SUV, the plane when he landed. People are lining up outside the the uh, the hotel or residence that he's supposed to yeah, go to. Yeah, Yorkville. Oh, man. It, it honestly, it was cringeworthy. It made me embarrassed. For Toronto, it truly did. It looked so. It screamed like desperation. Yeah, I was downtown. I was downtown working uh, when it was happening, and we had CP twenty four on. I was following it, and I'm like, "This is crazy." And the, and people were tweeting it. They're like, "Oh, this is like this is like OJ." It was, but it's it's a, it's a superstar athlete that's trying to resign for a sports team here in Toronto. It was, it was crazy. I could not. I couldn't believe that the attention this was getting. It's a superstar that was was possibly going to resign here that hates that kind of attention by all uh, by all um, accounts someone who doesn't like that mm-hmm. who likes to be left alone and then you have a helicopter fly uh, flying over top of his car can you imagine yeah what was going through his yeah. mind at that point i don't think that i think he was going to la all along but i think when once he saw that he's like i, I won't be able to even walk here anywhere when when his team I don't know if you you saw this when his uh, one of his friends or someone in his entourage tweeted out like, "Hey, watch what you guys are doing. Like, really, really watch the attention you're giving this guy because it, it's going to be negative for him." And once once that was tweeted out, or or once uh, people were stepping in and saying, "Hey, give this guy some space. It's not going to be good for you." That's when I I turned around and I started saying, "Wow, the one team that's staying out of this completely is the Clippers." And I started thinking, wow, I think he is. I think he is going to end up signing there. So we we talked about, uh, or you brought up the name um, Adrian Wojnarowski. I don't even uh, know how to say. It. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough one to say. Woj. <laughs> um, so the first layer I wanted to kind of talk about with the rappers that we've talked about is the uh, lack of credibility with some media. Uh, late Friday, sorry, I should say early Saturday morning. I think it was about two a.m. I had just finished watching episode one of Stranger Things on Netflix. <laughs> I was just about to go to bed. Um, just to give everybody some context on exactly how this happened from you know a variety of different perspectives, um, I actually went on on Twitter before I went to sleep, and I saw um, the aforementioned Adrian Wojnarowski 
uh, tweet that Kawhi Leonard has decided to choose his destination um, in L.A. with the L.A. Clippers. And then moments later, I saw a tweet by Adrian Wojnarowski again, credible NBA uh, mm-hmm. reporter, that uh, Paul George has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers as well. And this is at 2 a.m. And I, I, when I looked at it, I'm like, this can't be true. It's 2 a.m. right now. I hadn't heard anything about this, but it just broke. He the, the tweet was actually sent like two, three minutes before I read it. And I was shocked. You know, the timing was interesting, Jordan. I think you alluded to that. The timing was interesting. Um, but it was what, two it was two AM Eastern time, so it was that eleven eleven PM Pacific? I think yep. Yeah, eleven PM Pacific. Yeah, so I was shocked. Sent you guys a message right away. Um, did you guys wake up to the news? I was, I was well passed out. And it's funny. The last time I, I woke up on a Saturday morning after, uh, hearing about a big trade was when Dion Phaneuf got traded to, to the Leafs. Yeah. And this felt similar to that. I woke up, looked at my phone, looked at Twitter. And I was like, wow, look at that. That's a big, yeah. big trade and signing. How about I, you, Jordan? Did I, you wake I woke up, up to, to seeing your texts and then below it, the score update with the announcement. So you guys woke up angry. I went to bed angry because I was, I was kind of cheesed. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit rattled when I saw the message or saw the tweet. Um, but Adrian Wojnarowski is a credible NBA analyst or sorry, reporter, I should say. He's someone who when uh, he has that credibility amongst his colleagues and amongst his followers that when he tweets something, it usually has a lot of truth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some of the other names that we mentioned – when they say something, it's more so for followers, for clickbait, for views, whatever you want to call it. By like day four or five of that entire free agent um, following, I heard a lot of people just say, you know what, enough. I'm turning off or muting all of these other guys. I'm turning on alerts for Woj because I know when he tweets something, it's true. Like 100% true. And he was the one guy that wasn't speculating anything. Yeah. So by the end of it, they were like, I'm done with everyone else. I'm turning on alerts for him. So as soon as he tweets, yeah. I get a message. And I, I know that this is 100% factual. So the credibility factor, it's its really played a role, um, you know, in, in this whole Kawhi saga and Kawhi watch. Um, now, you guys want to talk about, or you guys were kind of talking about why he left. And you guys mentioned, you know, the OJ style... TV helicopter, which is a, which is a terrible comparison, is a terrible. Well, situation, I know what you mean, right? It, it, you got, you got it the helicopter, that that type of. Uh, you got the heli- helicopter, yeah, you know, cam on him. Um, you got video of him getting into the car, going to the hotel. Yeah. You got people lined up out of it, outside of his hotel. Brian, you think that he left because he didn't want that kind of attention? Do you think that's a reason why he left? No, no, I don't think it's a reason why he left at all. I, I just think it was embarrassing. I think by the time he came back to Toronto, his mind was made up already. And I don't know if we'll ever hear what what the reason he came back was for what the discussion was, but I, I truly think it was more of a respecting the Messiah to say, "Listen, let's sit down, let's talk." But this is what I'm doing, and maybe at that point he had asked the Raps, "Listen, can you can you swing a trade for for Paul George?" I, I think maybe that's what happened in that meeting, but I, I don't think when he was coming here and he saw that it had any impact at all. It was just more, it was more of like a greasy look on the city that just screams that desperation. And, and because no superstars want to play here. And this was the one time where a superstar was going to sign. And I think that 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 
that worry that a lot of Raps fans have would have just went out the window if he signed, and now it's right back up there because he didn't sign. I think it could have. Uh, I think that might have played a factor because you, you got to like think about it this way, right? In Toronto, everyone's going nuts for Kawhi to the point where yeah, they were lining up outside a hotel that he was having a, a meeting with Masai Ujiri in. And then, you know, then you look at LA where there's tons of stars and you kind of just blend in with all the other stars. You might even be, you might even be more left alone in LA as a superstar because there's so many other superstars there. So that could, that could, that could have definitely factored into his decision, but I don't know if he had his mind made up, but there's a lot of different theories on that. I, I think he, I think he just wanted to go home. I think yeah. he, he was in a situation where he was in San Antonio. He, he was traded. Um, obviously, wasn't his his first pick by any means of a place to go. But he came here. He made the best of it, the complete best of the situation. He comes in, delivers a ship to the city, and at the end of it, he said, "You know what? I've done what I've I've am supposed to do. I've delivered a championship. Now I I want to go home. I want to go back to L.A. You 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 can't blame the guy." Um, you can't blame the guy, but he can't. should have gave us one more year. One plus one. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. He doesn't have to. He doesn't know anybody or anything. No, he doesn't. I, he I doesn't. agree with that, Jordan. But I think he should have gave us one. He should have gave the Toronto Raptors one more year because the Toronto Raptors showed him so much care in terms of his personal health. They showed him so much loyalty in terms of also committing to his personal health uh, and making sure he got through a full season with load management. They they pretty much catered to every one of Kawhi's needs, and they have the same group coming back next year. That's why, if, right. if, if everyone was was you know um, an RFA or UFA, I, I'd say okay, maybe he's not coming back. But the fact that they have the exact same squad coming back next year, I'm like he'll do one plus one, he'll give it one more shot with his group. Right. If they don't you know succeed next year, he opts out of his contract and he goes to LA anyway. What's one more year? He's going right. to get the same contract next year. As he would this year, and and you saw what Kevin Durant fetched as someone who has a torn Achilles. Yeah, and he I, still fetched a max contract. So even if a max contract, max contract, I should say. So I, I assume, like, even if Kawhi, let's say, God forbid, he signed a one and one with the Raptors, came back, got injured, I'm sure he would get the max as well. And or, the the other thing is, I think if he came back for that year, and, and I mean tampering is a thing in the NBA, he could have said to the Clippers, "Listen, spend the next year working out a." trade with OKC right that's not going to completely demoralize the franchise for the next 10 years picks wise it would have given them then more time to sit down and work on these trade talks with OKC right they didn't need to though where it wasn't as rushed though is what I mean they didn't need to what do you mean they, they didn't got it done to? yeah they got it done rushed though you don't think an extra year of trade discussions with OKC maybe would have brought down that it's um, a, it, that the, the the trade or the 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 picks that they had to give back the thing is, he doesn't have to wait now. He he has his but trade. He could have though. That's he what I'm saying. Like and, and, and you know what, Jordan? That's the I, of I, being an unrestricted free agent. I agree with you in the sense that he doesn't owe Toronto anything. But I think, I think the loyal thing to do is to show you the respect for the franchise that did so much for you this year and took care of you this year because you heard all those stories of how great the doctors were, how well management accommodated you know his you know him coming off an injury the previous year. I think. What used to happen in sports was you used to give that team the benefit of the doubt. You show some loyalty back. 
yeah, I'll come and do it again for another year. And mind you, the East is horrible next. Mm. Not I don't want to say horrible, but it's pretty bad. It's not as strong it's as it was this year. Compared to it's the wide open. So essentially, Kawhi would be coming back to a division, or sorry, a conference, I should say, that's weaker. Good chance of going to the finals. No guarantees. There's no guarantees in sports. But I think by going to the West, he's going to a harder conference. I think you and you just mentioned it. Uh, what it was. If you look at how the NBA is nowadays, and you've seen what has happened and carried on with this free agency over the last few years, you know that there is absolutely zero loyalty in yeah, the and NBA. Yeah, that, that's the other thing I want to there's, talk there's about. There's absolutely no loyalty in the NBA anymore. Where, that, where that doesn't has exist. the loyalty gone? It doesn't exist. Is his reputation a little tarnished? No, I don't think it's tarnished. I'm in the, I'm in the belief that he can do whatever he wants as a free agent. He has the right to go home. John Tavares came came home to play yeah, after, for the Leafs, right? after giving, what, nine seasons yeah, that, that, of, of like his right. sweat and blood? That's the difference, right? I'm not bitter. Kawhi brought us a championship. I just feel like the right thing to do, the the ethical thing to do for someone, who for a franchise who, dis, who did so much for you. And, and yeah, you can, you can say Kawhi did so much for us too. He gave us a championship. But give it one last go. Because I think the impression you're sending by leaving – is the one that we've been scared about or that Toronto Raptor fans have been scared about all along. And that's the fact that no one wants to play here. Kawhi coming back for another year, I felt like kind of squashed that notion that no one wants to play or no NBA players want to play for the Toronto Raptors. Him coming here, even though he won a championship, that I think that notion is still there. That no one wants to play here. It is. And I think this excels that notion a little right. bit more than anything. Yeah. Because he came here, he won, he did it all, and he still wanted to leave. Yeah. He 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 won in Toronto. And and the, a lot of the reasons why a lot of superstars wouldn't come here is because they said, we won't win in Toronto. Well, now you have a guy who did win in Toronto, and they catered to all of his, his wishes and needs, and he still left. Yeah. And that's why I think he owed the Toronto Raptors one year, one more year, literally one year. And if it doesn't go well, you're still young enough. Wheel over to the Clippers. Right. Go then sign your max four year contract then, which I, he would have been able to. I don't know if a lot of people uh, like agree with me. I just feel like he had such an imprint and he's going to have a, a huge imprint on Canada basketball. But he could have had more of an imprint. But he, it, yeah, like, so, I think. Winning the championship was huge, but I think him re-signing and giving it another go was just under. That's the next level. That was the yeah. next step. The next step. Championship was big, but I think Raps fans wanted, and I think a lot of Raps fans will have a sour taste in their mouth now, saying like, "What could have been? Just one more year. That's all we wanted." And you're gonna like, we're gonna see the ramifications of this championship down the road, right? We talked about what the Carter effect did, mm -hmm. and that was just a slam dunk competition. What that did to inspire young Canadians. We'll see what. You know, the Kawhi legacy, the Leonard legacy will have on Canada basketball. Nothing. You know, going forward. Well, we can argue that. I think it will have. Not anymore. Not that he left. It's sort <sighs> of what have you done for me lately? And lately you left our team. My Stranded. argument's more about the t about the, the idea around the team. Basketball is an up and coming sport in Canada. But my that next level I wanted Kawhi to take was about breaking down that stereotype that no one wants to play here. I think by leaving, it's just re it reinforces the the idea that no NBA player wants to play here, and I wanted him to get rid of that notion by resigning. And he could have. And he could have. That's the unfortunate like, thing. Players like Lowry resigning and and uh, it's not the same. Ibaka and DeRozan, it's not the same. 
because this was a legitimate top like three this player is a tier in NHL. one superstar. Yeah, you don't find these guys off the street. What so do you think of that, Jordan? Um, I agree with you in terms of the effect that he could have moving forward on Canada basketball. Well, I think the effect is going to be there. We're going to see it's it. It's going to be there regardless, and it has been, and we've talked about it. But I also, on the flip side of it, completely understand where he's coming from and where he wants to go. So I'm kind of on the fence. Like, yeah, I'm completely upset that he left. He had such a such an immediate impact on the city and the country and everything in terms of Canada basketball. He delivered a championship. It was just basically a huge whirlwind of emotion that, that this team and this, this whole country went through with, with him this year. But – um, on the flip side, I do I, as a UFA, you have every right to do what you want. And if he wants to go home, if he wants to try and build his own team, if he thinks he can go and win with the Clippers and he wants to get paid doing it, you know what? Hats off to you. You, you swung uh, all the cards in your favor once again, and you really caught everybody off guard with uh, with all the moves that you, you planned too. So, you know what? Hats off to him. He uh, – yeah, he did well for himself. So the Raptors lose Kawhi Leonard uh, today or yesterday. They signed Stanley Johnson, and um, today uh, they signed Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh wow! Uh, go Raps! I mean, go. yeah, go go Raps! Go! I mean, these are guys. They <laughs> sarcasm in that. Johnson shoots thirty uh, percent from three. Hollis and Jefferson shoots twenty two percent. But these are just these no are these are young these guys. These are young guys. They're twenty three and twenty four. Who are just athletic. They're not going to come in and and you know win us a championship, but they're just depth athletic guys. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think the Raptors go from a, a title contender now. To, you know, seeing if if this is the roster they're going to carry into next year. If the roster, if what they have right now is the roster they're going to go with next season, I think they can still make the playoffs, maybe in a five to eight seed. But they're not going to be they're not going to be title contenders. I was, was going to bring up uh, what do you guys think is next for the Raptors? Now that you've lost Kawhi, what what's Masai thinking next? Is it uh, is well, he going to go all in for Giannis in twenty twenty one? Is he going to blow the entire team up? They got a lot of money coming off the books after next year. What I, do you think Masai's thinking right now? Briefly, because we only have less than three minutes left. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I think they give it one more go and then they try and build around Siakam. Yeah. And if that doesn't work out, I feel like he'll eventually leave too. They'll they'll have to just blow it up and sort of rebuild. Tough to answer that question now because it's still the offseason. There's still trades to be made, right? Again, we don't know if this is the final roster. Not too many free agents left. Though. Not too many These free agents, but, but Masai is the trading wizard, mm-hmm. right? And I believe in Masai, and, and Toronto should believe in Masai because he's done it once, and he could potentially do it again. This, I mean, the team they have right now can compete next year. Last thing I want to bring up before we, we, before we wrap up is, did you guys see the potential in, in the potential deal that could have been made? to bring uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook here to Toronto? It was one or the other. I don't think it was both. So apparently the deal was Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and four first-rounders for Pascal Siakam, and a package that involved... A bunch of firsts. Sorry, sorry, what am I saying? It was Paul George and Russell Westbrook for Pascal Siakam and four first-rounders. And I heard it was Fred Fred Van Vliet as well. And maybe Fred Van Vliet in the deal. I would have done it. I don't know if I would have done it. I don't think I would have given up the four first rounders because there was still no guarantee Kawhi would come here. Yeah. And, an- and, and who knows if Kawhi would work with uh, Russ, Russell Westbrook. Short answer to, for me is no, but I think in our podcast, we should bring up, yeah. that up because I do want to dive into that a little bit longer. Yep. Um, quickly, before we wrap up, we have two minutes left and my God, does time ever fly? 
Um, you can catch our first uh, two interviews with uh, Canadian Olympian Anthony Romanu and uh, Canadian and McMaster superstar Danielle Boyago as well. Those are up. Current assistant coach for the McMaster Marauders women's team. Absolutely. Too. Shout out to them. Those were two fantastic interviews. So if you haven't listened to those yet, please do. Uh, we should wrap up with some McMaster athletic news. Uh, McMaster's uh, Ahmad Shamia topped his weight class at the Canada Cup in Calgary. Uh, so shout out for him for winning gold out there. Also new to 2019 for uh, McMaster Athletics, a um, Nordic skiing program, which will be pretty cool. I'm pretty big into skiing, so I wish they had that here when I was uh, a Mac athlete. And also uh, about a month ago, um, the uh, Marauders Women's Soccer Program named a new soccer coach named Anthony Costa. So shout out to them. That's pretty much all we have for McMaster Athletics News. We have some great guests lined up over the next few weeks. I know Anthony Costa. I can get him on here one time. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah we have some fantastic guests lined up. Uh, we just felt today it was important just to cover a lot of what's been going on over the last little while. Uh, so, again, if you haven't checked out our interviews, go ahead and do that. Plug guy, you awake over there? I'm awake. Yeah. You have been listening to the Purposely Offside show on 93.3 CFMU. Also want to give a big shout out before we leave to everybody listening live online on CFMU.ca. And I guess we can end with that, boys. Twitter yeah, great show. Yeah, I mean, we, we lots have, to talk uh, about for the rest of the summer. I can't. I think I tuned out for a second, but uh, did you did you mention Victor Razzo coming up? Nope. Yeah, Victor Razzo coming up uh, on the show should be uh, the interview should be um, next week. We should have that on next week on ninety three point three. Um, he is the current coach of the Niagara River Lions of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. So that should be fun. All right, so uh, until next week, we will see you then. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we're out of here. See you guys. See you guys. See ya. Offside here, and we're back with the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been you know, we, we had a great conversation about uh, Kawhi Leonard, about the Raptors, uh, about getting turkey dumped. That was uh, that was a very interesting a opening. One. I had um, to keep it together, it was so hard not to burst out laughing. Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know if Kawhi turkey dumped us, but I mean, it's, it's just a hilarious phrase to use in terms of how he you know broke it off with uh, with the Toronto Raptors. But uh, guys, I, I think. You know, we've been neglecting, you know, we've been talking about the Toronto Raptors for a while now, especially on this show, but we've been neglecting our boys. We've been neglecting uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, that have been happening with them as well. So shall we Shall we turn our attention to the Leafs? Feel, it feels great to head into this talk again. It sucks. I, it's I've, depressing. I've missed talking about it. There's just been so much that's gone on with these guys. And I know all the attention's been on Kawhi and NBA free agency, but right. there's been a lot going on yeah. with these guys, and I've been dying to get on here to talk about there's this. There's so much we haven't talked to, or talked about, I should say, when it comes to the Leafs. You know what, though? Since May, it's been the best th- like two and a half, three months of my life. 
I haven't been stressed. I haven't had to think about the Leafs. The Raps were doing good, so there's no attention on the Leafs. I was just living a great life. And now that the Raps are over and Kawhi's gone, I'm miserable. Well, because now everyone's on edge, right? Kawhi leaves. Is Mitch next? Go. See, this is what I mean. I'm, I'm stressed again. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stressed. I'm so on the fence with this guy, man. Is, you know, is he the next superstar to leave Toronto? I don't think so. He could be. But let's uh, let's engage. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, I think any time we can talk about uh, or have a good discussion about the Leafs in July, I think it's a good thing. I think the only way I see him leaving is if someone offers him, I think it's just over 10-5 in order to get four first-round picks on an offer sheet. Or if this drags on until September, October... I think Dubas seriously has to entertain the idea of trading him mm-hmm. to see what you can get. Because enough's enough. Like this guy's got a strong arm him eventually. You can't keep giving into these RFAs. And I think that's uh, that's what a lot of people fall back on, right? When they when they hear RFA and they think William Nylander, right? William Nylander didn't uh, didn't sign a contract with Toronto until mid December. Was it early December? I think it was December. 7th yeah, or something like was, that? Yeah, I think it was early December. And, you know, who knows? We don't know if that's going to happen with Mitch Marner. I think a lot of us think that it's, you know, he'll sign before the season starts. I think that's what he wants to do as a, as a professional athlete because he saw the way maybe Nylander performed, which was not very well. I don't think he cares. You don't think Mitch Marner cares? Not one bit. Giving me my money is what he cares about. He doesn't care about Nylander struggling because in his mind, he's better than Nylander. And he's he's thinking, this isn't going to happen to me. I can sign in December and get right back into it. I think one thing is clear, though. Mitch Marner's not getting offer sheeted. I wouldn't. I think he might. There's no way. I think so. I think Lou is going to offer sheet him. Okay, so Lou's going to offer sheet him. Right? Lou Lamorello, I for, think former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's going to offer sheet him and give him what? Ten and a half. The Leafs, the Leafs are going to match that in two seconds. Do they have cap? It doesn't matter. They'll make, they'll make the cap. How much cap space do the Toronto Maple Leafs have? Nine and a half. Nine and a half million? Yeah. They'll make, they're going to match it. As long as they come in under the cap before the beginning of the year, they're going to match 10-5 in a heartbeat. But I think that gets them thinking, though. Because if it's 10-4, then I think the conversation is like a first, second, third, maybe. Something like that. Don't quote me on that. But it's not four firsts. I think it's two firsts, a second, and a third. Yeah, but so the, at, at that point, yeah, you're matching 100%. But I think the idea of four first-round picks, which are very valuable in NHL, is far more than the NBA. They can they can easily turn that into you can, some top-pairing defensemen. You can flip easily. a first and uh, maybe a prospect for a very good defenseman in the NHL now. You can flip first-round picks for good, really good impact players. So I, I think that's what gets them thinking, 10-5 or over. We see what the Montreal Canadiens did, right, with the offer sheet on Sebastian Ajo. So what the, what do they come in at? Eight million? Eight eight and a half. If you're gonna come in on an offer sheet for Mitch Marner, you better you better at least at the very minimum make sure your offer's twelve million. I still think the Leafs would would match twelve million, but at no, the very no least way, man. at the very least you gotta come in at twelve million. Anything ten five plus, and I think the Leafs think about it. Mm. Ten five Leafs ten five to eleven Leafs are absolutely matching. And they're not happy about it. They're though. not happy about it. No, absolutely not. I think they. I think a, a fair number for Mitch is nine five. No, over, why? Over why, five why do you think nine five? Why? Why he is... shouldn't make more than Kucherov? Because okay. any day of the week you would trade Kucherov for him. So, Aho is a center. 
with what 30 something goals last year and he's making 85 so why is Mitch worth two and a half more than him glad you brought that up because we we talk a lot about uh or we hear a lot about comparables and how NHL players uh, compare themselves to others in terms of the salary uh that, that they make right their salary per year do you agree when uh, apparently this is coming from Mitch Marner's camp his comparable is Austin Matthews Jesus no Christ no, no chance. Okay, it's not so the same position. Here's the other thing, though. I think the Leafs did get a little rinsed on Matthews' deal, though, too. I think 11, 11, 5, 11, 6 was a little rich coming out of his entry level contract. Uh, maybe it's a little rich, but you know he's a what is six five, six five center. Yeah, he's is, a cornerstone he, he center. Yeah, some, well, well, something like that, right? Center ice. He's a big center iceman who can score. I think their pain is potential as well. Either playing his potential because <clears> the guy hasn't cracked eighty points yet. Austin Matthews. He's had some injuries though, which has hindered him. He's had some injuries, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to get into a discussion about Austin Matthews. He signed, sealed, delivered. He's going to be on Toronto on the Toronto Maple Leafs next year. In fact, he'll be on the on the Leafs for the next five years. This is about Mitch Marner. Why don't you guys feel that? Why do you guys feel that Austin Matthews is an inappropriate comparable? I just think it's based Mitch off of solely position. Centers get paid more than yeah. wingers. For the longest time since Sundin, the Leafs, all they need, they had wingers. Right. They needed that center. They finally had one, and centers are more valuable on the ice than wingers are. I'd even say that his close comparable, and it was, I think it was the same comparable with Nylander, was David Pasternak. Winger. Right. Similar age. I totally agree. Similar production. He had, he, he yeah. had 80 points this year. He had 38 goals. Would you trade Pasternak for Marner? Yes. No. I would. No. No way. I have to think about that, but that's the thing. Pasternak's what six point seven, something like that. He's super gritty, and and Marner would want over three million more than that. Marner is an incredible player. We can all agree with that. But I absolutely agree with you guys when you say you pay by position and centers get paid more. So I a hundred percent agree with that, and that's why Austin Matthews is making what he's making, and that's why Kucherov, like you mentioned, Brian is is making what he's making. Because he's a winger, yeah, and, and and centers are valued more in in hockey. They're valued more in the NHL than wingers are. Kucherov didn't he win the scoring title last year? Yeah, right. He's a stud, but if he was a centerman, he's coming in at like twelve. So that's that's one reason why maybe we might not agree with Mitch Marner and his camp saying that you know our comparable is Austin Matthews because Austin Matthews is a center and Mitch Marner is a right winger. Now you guys brought up. Um, you guys brought up Kucherov, uh, Pasternak you brought up. Does timing play a factor in this? Is timing on when you become a free agent or when you can sign a contract after your entry-level deal, does timing play a factor? Because Pasternak signed the deal last... I think it was two years ago. I think ago. it was two years ago. Kucherov signed it, uh, I believe, was... I think it was two years ago as well. Market's different. Market can change in a couple of years. It has changed in terms of you're paying for potential. Whereas before, guys aren't really signing bridge deals anymore, and they're not—they're signing very rich uh, contracts out of their uh, out of their entry level contracts, which usually they got when they were twenty eight, twenty nine. They're getting them at twenty two now. Yeah. So yeah, the market has changed in a couple of years, but not—it's not a three four million dollar swing over two years. The market hasn't gone up that much. Okay. Whereas Pasternak gets six seven and, and Kucherov gets mid mid nines, and Marner's asking for two million dollars more than that, mm-hmm. it hasn't gone up that much more. 
he's strong arming he's strong arming the Leafs, and he's playing the fact that the Leafs are a big, big market team with tons of coverage. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he's he, it blows my mind. It, it honestly truly drives me crazy how he thinks he's that good. He, but he is that good, Brian. He he's not, a, you think he's worth eleven and a half million dollars? Are you a Leafs fan or a Marner fan? I I don't think Marner should get eleven and a half billion. But, what do you think is fair for him? Ten five. Oh, boy, man, Mataglia, back me up. I th- <laughs> back me up. I think nine nine and a half is is okay. And I think that's oh, a guys, little too I much. Too. I, I, I want him to make nine and a half for the sake of Toronto saving some cap space. <laughs> I would love it, but. You gotta pay for talent nowadays, they and Mitch Marner is a ninety-point player. They can't afford three guys making eleven million. They're not going to be able to have the flexibility to build a championship team. Them. The Leafs are the only team can't. I think in NHL history that are running into these problems without even winning a, a round. Never mind a cup. Teams that win cups get into these situations. What was St. Louis's cap hit last year? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna look. While you look that up, I mean. I'm sorry to bring this up, but the only reason we're in this kind of cap hell situation and the only reason we're saying that we can't pay Mitch Marner 10 and a half, 11 and up is because we went out and signed John Tavares. Now, I John Tavares is a great signing, but he's the reason why we're, we're having trouble paying the guys that we drafted and developed. And in, and in fairness to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't think they... I don't think they foresaw Mitch Marner having the kind of year he did. I think they saw Nylander, Marner, and uh, Matthews combined in at like between 22 and 25. Probably. Matthews 10, uh, Marner no, 10, 8. 10, 9, 8. Yeah, yeah like 10, 9, 8 go. or 10, yeah. 8, 8, 10, 10 8, 7. Go. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. In, but I would do that signing over and over again. 100% though. I would. Yeah. Absolutely, all day long. It's just... That's why they're in this situation. Which is a good thing in a way. Yeah. Like a superstar wanted to come play for the Leafs. Yeah. And I, like you said, I'd do it over again. What drives me a little insane, though, is, okay, so you won 11-5, let's say, for example, but you signed for 9-5. You're telling me he's not Apple and all these credit card companies aren't going to pay him $2 right. million dollars or more a year in endorsement deals? He's going to make that money back. But his argument, I think, is, well, Matthews is making eleven six, but he'll also make $2 million in endorsement deals. So now he's getting paid close to $14, or sorry, $14 million, where I'm getting $11 million now. Yeah, $14 one. Yeah. yeah, let's pay him minimum wage. Yeah. That's it. That's how you get Mitch. <laughs> Mitch, you're getting the minimum. Do you, do you not think someone sat down with him and said, listen, like you're going to make a killing on endorsement I think, deals? I think his agent or his heard his dad's name getting thrown out all the Paul. time yeah paul you see what they're doing with dragger anytime dragger <laughs> <laughs> tweeted they said okay Easy they're paul, paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't someone switch darren dragger's wikipedia page to the <laughs> father of uh <laughs> what did i say the father of uh mitch marner or something the father like of mitch marner Man, also no so it was like it was like darren dragger <laughs> also known as paul marner the father <laughs> of mitch marner i love it i absolutely love I don't it know how- <laughs> <laughs> i love social Why? media and i love it I love it. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think Paul Marner is a big reason for um, is is a big reason why you know that why Austin Matthews is the comparable. Why uh, ten and a half, eleven plus million is the range for Mitch Marner. I think Paul Marner 
wants to get val- every value, every dollar his son deserves. You can't blame a parent for doing that, but I just, I also being a Toronto family and a Toronto boy, you have to understand at some point the situation you're in with this team. Take you're your, you're taking, playing around great players. You're playing with fire. You're you're playing with fire with a huge organization like the Leafs, and you're also playing around with your legacy as well. Because like what I'm thinking about it is, you can go and get paid by any team that's willing to pay you, but at the end of the day, when you win a cup, and we always talk about legacy and leaving a legacy here. Is two million or one million dollars a year in your first big contract after your rookie deal going to be more satisfying than you becoming a Leafs legend with winning a cup with this team? I think that depends who Mitch Marner is. Is yeah. he someone who wants to center his ego around what he makes in comparison to other players, aka Austin Matthews, or is he someone that wants to win? We're finding that out. We're going to find that out. And it's either him or it's his camp that's trying to push him to make those top dollars. I don't think his camp cares what happens when Mitch retires. No. They don't they 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 want their money. His agent wants his 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 uh piece of the pie as well. But don't don't you think these guys look at guys like Gilmore, Tucker, Corson, like these these known I don't want to say Gilmore's a no name, but like to a lesser extent Tucker, Corson, all these other guys, they're getting they're making six yeah. figures a year to just go to golf tournaments. Yeah, and show up at a couple of Leafs games and hand out jerseys to fans and shake hands and take pictures. I also think that they're, I think that they're young enough to not get it. Yeah, they probably get probably when John Tavares gets it. Johnny T gets it. John he knows Tavares he's set for life damn in Toronto. Well. He knows damn well what he's going to get here if he wins a cup. He Mar- knows Marner it. definitely he up gets it, like it though. Marner gets that. Like I, agree, I totally agree with what you guys said about the endorsements here in Toronto. He'll make. I mean, I don't want to say he's losing money. He's going to sign a deal for between nine and a half and eleven million, somewhere around there. Martin's going to sign a deal for right. So he's not. You're making bank. You're making a ton of money. You're making That's US dollars. You're in your early twenties. Right? This is your first. This is your first big contract. But let's say this hypothetically, isn't a retirement contract. let's say hypothetically, Marner wants eleven million and ends up signing for ten. Let's just say hypothetically he does. You're going to make that million back on endorsements, All day right? Long. And, and that's that's going to be the conversation eventually. Is is Mitch like you're going to be playing for a really good hockey team who's going to have about a? I mean, you could say a five to ten year window, depending on what happens. They have a, they have a huge window. The Toronto Maple Leafs. You're going to play with great players. You're playing with John Tavares. You're going to make money on endorsements. You're going to get paid a healthy salary. You're going to get a, a five to, to eight year deal, whatever he just, he wants to sign off on in terms of uh, the term and the length of the deal. U.S. dollars too. Yeah, it's quite- like I, that's what it's going to come down to, and they're going to sign the papers. I have no doubt about it. Question for you guys, and I don't know if this is legal or not, but apparently the word is that they did it with Stamkos and they brought Canadian Tire in, right, into the, their meetings and said, "Look, you know, we'll we'll sign you." Don't you think the Leafs could reach out to some sponsors? And say, we we need we need you guys to do a solid. Okay, this company you're gonna sign Marner for five hundred thousand dollars this year. Mm-hmm. This these guys million, not these people million and a half. And you bring Probably. all these sponsorship deals in, say, sign for nine, but we have four million dollars of of endorsement deals. Endorsement good, deals, good yeah. to go. I don't think they. I don't think Ready they. For you. Wa- I don't think they want to do it. I don't think they have to do it because he's an RFA. 
It's not like you're bringing in a UFA to try and entice them. But to, He's to, play, but I, but I to think, lower the cap value. No, I think you have to do. I think if you're selling him on the idea that we're going to pay you about a million and a half less than what you think you're worth, but look what's on the table here. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's a, I think it's a conversation oh, worth. Having. I think they've definitely is that allowed though. They've definitely had that. You know, he knows damn well what he can get here in Toronto. He knows he's get, he's already getting endorsements. He, he already he knows has. Is he, he part get. of Interact Insurance? Interact, intact, intact, or intact, sorry, intact, intact uh, Visa, Apple. Like, These are big he's, names. He's got it. He knows what he's getting. So why does he want to grease Just the leaf for an extra million and a half? Then is is it ego? Like why why grease the leaves on a on a on a, the one situation that that literally can can mangle them moving forward? I it's think cap. no, you're right. But I think maybe Mitch Marner's camp is banking. They're playing the waiting game to see if anybody offers sheets. Because if anybody offers sheets, they make that money right away. Because Toronto so has silly. to match, right? Like, Pete, you saw how Nylander got treated this year. People were ripping he was on him the roasted. whole year. Well, roasted. Well, and part of that's because of his performance. But I, I think, yes, a lot of it was because of that. But there was still part of, of that that people were just still mad over what happened. Yeah, fair point. For holding out. Yeah. I think Marner. People are mad day, with him already. I think They're if you look mad. online, and I don't want to use Twitter as as like a, you know because a lot of trolls go on tw- on Twitter, but even just speaking to a lot of Leafs fans and friends, he's already starting to slowly creep into that. We are starting to dislike Marner now, for what he's like. Leaf fans are sick of this nonsense of RFA's greasing the Leafs. I yeah, I think right now it's a matter of let's just get the guy signed. I'm tired of it. Let's just get him signed. Now, Marner, like I said, I have no doubt he's going to get signed. But, Jordan, you mentioned the New York Islanders as a potential RFA uh, offer sheet threat, right? Yes. I think that, there's a few. That's there's the, a, there's o- talks that's of the a few only teams. one that intrigues me. Colorado? How many other teams in the league can offer Marner 12 mil- 11 to $12 million? Like maybe yeah, the Islanders might be a, a suitable a suitable team that that can afford that and do that, and having some incentive because they have Lou Lamorello there. I should rephrase my question: How many good NHL teams, who, competing NHL teams, who can compete next year for a Stanley Cup, can afford to offer Mitch Marner an eleven to twelve million dollar or plus eleven to twelve plus million dollar offer sheet? I don't think there's a lot of them. Colorado can. For sure, they have a ton of cap space. Montreal. It, it, so it's those teams they'd be afraid of. But if it's like Carolina, Florida, like I don't like that's not really a threat because I don't think Marner wants to go there. I think he's smart enough to recognize what he has here in Toronto. But if he signs, if he signs an offer sheet, he signs that with the intent that he is going to. You have to sign that knowing that if they don't match, you're going. You're to that going city. to that team. So if the Islanders come and sign, let's say they 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 offer Mitch Marner a twelve million dollar offer sheet. I don't oh, think Marder wants to go to Long Island. Can you imagine that scenario? But I, like, like I don't think he wants to go there. Colorado, Colorado has twenty three million in cap space this year. But do you do you think he do you think Sakic can go to his owners and say we're going to make Marder the highest paid player in the NHL right now? Yes. Colorado go would, away. Yeah. The highest paid player in the NHL. How's he going to report back to his Colorado's owners? Colorado's in win now mode. Colorado is the one team I'd be scared of because they actually have some real upfront talent that can yes. compete with Toronto. The Islanders, they got talent, but I think they had a lucky year and they just lost their goalie. They, they still signed Rantanen though too. They, so, lo- they lost Robin Leonard, the, the Islanders, but yeah, the Avalanche have Rantanen and they have uh, Landis. No, 
Yeah, they have Landis Gog yeah. and they have uh, McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. <clears throat> if they see- and they have Nazem Kadri. If <laughs> we're also going to talk about if Colorado signed an offer sheet to uh, or offered a, a, an offer sheet to Marner and he signed it, I'd flip one to Rantanen immediately for the exact same value. Yeah, and then the Leafs would have to be creative with their cap. I guess my, I guess my point is is that there, there's not a lot of teams in the league that a can afford to sign uh, Mitch Marner to an offer sheet, and b there's not a lot of teams that scare me in the NHL in the NHL that offer the kind of lineup and talent that Toronto has. But Colorado is kind of the standout there. Could you? They have a lot of talent on the team. Could you imagine a scenario where where Marner does go to the Islanders, and if you circle back and the Leafs pitch Tavares on the fact he could play with Marner, so Tavares leaves the island. Comes to Toronto, a year later, Marner signs an offer sheet with the island. That's just and grease. goes there. That's so grease. I couldn't believe it. That'd be just insane. I'm sure he'd understand. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm looking at so I'm looking at uh, the top uh, cap space top cap space teams in the NHL. Um, I'm going to give you the top. It's teams it's now. interesting that you mentioned Colorado though, Jordan, because I think that's a team with a lot of cap space. And that's a team that has a lot of talent. And when you have those two factors are essential to signing Marner. Because Marner, is he's a smart enough guy. Paul Marner, a.k.a. Darren Dreger, is <laughs> <laughs> he's a smart enough guy to understand the Leafs are a very talented group with a big window here to do some damage in the future. And Marner, like, he, come on, man. He wants to play on a winning team, so I, I don't know. I'll give you I'll give you the top teams. So, team with the most cap space in the league is Colorado. They got twenty four million. But that's without cap. signing Rantanen yet, right? Without because he's an RFA. Winnipeg has twenty three million. Ottawa, New Jersey, who's on a tear right now with their free agency, and Columbus. Also worth noting, though, that Winnipeg hasn't signed Patrick Alina yet. Yep. He's a, he's an RFA. Yep. That's true. Yeah, everyone. See, that's the thing. Everyone, and I know we're in the Toronto market, but everyone, yeah, lo- is just focusing on Marner. Everyone's forgetting about Kachuk. I mean, Aho signed now, but Point still isn't signed. Rantanen, Line, yeah. um, what's his name in Vancouver? Um, Besser. Besser. There's some quality players. Right. Apparently, Point got offer sheeted by Montreal and he turned it down. Good. Montreal's just savage right now, eh? The, and, and that's the other thing I wanted to add, is the offer sheet's still frowned upon. It is, yeah. Look, look at what Carolina was just toying with Montreal. Well, the, the offer sheets aren't, they're not le- like legit offers. That was a, that, like the Ajo offer, that. the guy's laughing. That. that was the softest offer sheet yeah. I've ever seen. Eight and a half? I'm surprised he signed it for eight and a half, D- though. There, were, there have been legit offer sheets thrown out there. And Shea Weber offer sheet, yeah, that, that was, was a big huge. One. But this Montreal offer sheet, to Sebastian Ajo was like the Jonas Hoagland of offer sheets. They're so <laughs> soft. They tried front-loaning it with signing bonuses, I think, to maybe scare off Carolina Still. in a little bit. Because I think 21 mil was due in the first year year or two, right? Who's the softest Leafs player? Ever? Ever. Tom Fitzgerald. No, he was no, pretty, he was pretty know, nails, actually. <laughs> Luke, Luke Shen takes it from you, man. I think so. We actually met him. Luke Shen. So they, this was the Luke Shen of offer sheets. I, it's funny, actually. We were at McMaster, and Donardo and I were in the library, and I tweeted Mc, uh, the Leafs because they had some contests or whatever, and they tweeted back. I that, remember this that same day, and yeah. they're like, "Do you want to come watch a practice?" Yeah. So we're both sitting there, and we're like, "What do you do?" I think it was a Wednesday, right? Like, "What are you doing tomorrow morning?" Yeah. I have, like I have class, and he's like, "I have class." I'm like, 
we should probably go to this. Didn't so we? Yeah. Go, didn't we go to RS that night? That's. Did you meet us there? Because yeah. no, I think that was no, on we a went Saturday. To, yeah, we went was to the Saturday. It was we a went, Saturday we went morning to the game. No, we, no, no, Jerry. We went to a Dead Mouse concert to, at the Rogers Center late that night. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So you just stayed in Toronto. I just stayed in Toronto. So we met Jordan. Lou- picked me up near. Uh, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Jordan picked me up near the uh, what was the Stop Air it. Canada Center? I swear. <laughs> we went to Dead Mouse. Yeah. No, I woke up at six a.m. to go to a Leafs practice. Best we, player on the team was like Tyler Bozak. Luke Shannon. We met uh, Jonas Phil. Gustafson. Oh yeah, yeah Gustafson. Him? Yeah. We <laughs> Did I get a picture with Ben Scrivens as Brent well? Scrivens, yeah. Ben Scrivens, yeah. I got a picture. I still have it on my Facebook. I should po- I'll post that picture on our uh, purposely offside. That's a fantastic Instagram picture. Page. It's a great picture. It, infamous X Leaf or what? It's so, almost as greasy as that. Who did we take that picture with at Real Sports? Would I have that white splotch on my Glenn Healy? <laughs> That's an all time great That's picture. the greatest picture of all time. We're all greased too. Yeah. Like, just blasted out of our mind. Also, a little depressed because the Leafs just got. Uh, just lost. What game was that? that was game, game two? two. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, <laughs> so that, that night or that morning we saw the Leafs practice and then I went to a Dead Mouse concert at night. Just a full That's Toronto a extravaganza. What happened to him anyway? Dead Mouse? He was huge. He's still around. He's still, He's still big. Around. He's still big. Yeah. He's just living off his earnings now, I guess. Just enjoying life, living life uh, to its fullest. Jonas Hoagland mentioned, <laughs> I love that. So Mitch Marner, this is just my take. He's going to sign. It's just a matter of term. I'll be shocked if there's an offer sheet. Because like I just wanted to go back to what we were talking about with the uh, the Habs and the Carolina Hurricanes. Like the ha- the Carolina Hurricanes actually waited a full week to fully ex- to fully match because they they were playing a little bit of greasy politics back with uh, with the Canadians, right? They they didn't want the Canadians to be able to you know, figure out their team or figure out their roster by making other signings because they wanted to leave them in the dark on, you know, will they sign or will they not? But they they made it pretty apparent that they are going to match it. But but the problem is with that is I don't think they were really waiting. Like, they waited the full week, yes, to sign it. But that same day, their account basically tweeted out, like, are we signing Ajo? It was like, yes, and then we. Yeah. And then, like, a day after the report was, yes, we are signing Ajo. So, like, they, they, they... I, I wish they just didn't say anything and said, we'll have to think about this. That would be interesting. And then really kept them in the dark. Yeah. And, and I guess we knew all along, but you don't know until it's signed. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't even count that as an offer sheet. I no, honestly was, don't. Like, all this hype about soft. offer sheets happening and then 8.5, which you knew was going to be matched 1,000% anyway. I, I don't know. It was, it was it was sort of anticlimactic, to be honest with you. Anticlimactic because of the amount. The amount was a fair... So what's that say about Carolina? Were they offering him like five and a half? If he thought he was only... If he yeah. thought he wasn't going to make more than eight, five. Like they must have been lowballing him at honestly like five or six. Honestly, man, if you want my honest opinion, I thought... I think Carolina valued him at eight and the Habs are just... Screw it. Let's go eight, five. think so, eh? I, I, that's how soft of an offer sheet I think it was. Yeah. I think his value was around seven, eight million no matter what. If the Habs want to really, really make a statement on the offer sheet, you, go 10. you have to go ten. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I, but why, why sign that for an extra five hundred k a year? Yeah, exactly. Unless they're honestly offering like six. That's what a lot. You know, I've even talked to a few friends who are Habs, Habs fans. They, they, they said that it was a, a very, very soft offer sheet in terms yeah. of the amount. I don't know. I think it was just a waste of time. Really. Yeah, you could definitely argue that. No need for that. Everyone, I saw a lot of people online were like, "Oh, Bergevin is." He's got balls and all this stuff, and then no. all of a sudden the the the, uh, the Canes owner just laughing him, laughing him off, and was no, like, that was nah, he, now he just returned to being a joke. 
There was no stones in that offer sheet <laughs> at all. I would love a Mitch Marner offer sheet at nine. Yeah. Oh, I would celebrate I'd, hard. I'd, I'd, That'd I'd, be a the whole city joke. would be celebrating. That would be amazing. Lou just comes back and does the Leafs a solid again and just offer sheets Mitch at nine. I would love that. There's gives no him, way. Gives him the salute. Here you go, boys. That'd be something. I think. I yeah. I just don't see it happening. Good luck. But I'll tell you what. The second an offer sheet does come out, if and when it does, we're coming right back in the studio immediately. I don't care if it's three in the morning. I'm driving down here so we can talk about it. Because so, that would be the biggest news in Leafsland in yeah. a long time. To conclude Mitch Marner talk before we get on to uh, some of the other trades, I'm saying he signs. I'll say 10-5. Jordan, what, what are you going to say? What's your prediction here? I'm going to say... I'm going to say... 10 on the dot. I think term, I'll judge my opinion on his actual signing and contract once term comes out because I think term's important. If they sign him six years at 10-5, I'm happy. If it's a two- or three-year deal at 10-5, I'm mad because you know after that two, three years, now it's 11 and a half or 12. That's a good point because I heard they were considering the bridge. If you're signing a bridge, he's got to sign for like eight. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad for the Leafs if he if he wants to go that short of a term. I think it's gonna be minimum four years. I hope he signs long term. If I, I don't really want to, it's not gonna be eight. If it's over ten no. million, he's got to sign for over five years. Could be six years at least. I, and I, I, ten ten million over six years, I'd be okay with. Not happy, but okay with. But if he's going like eleven million over three year bridge, well, you know, after that three years, he's getting paid. Now he's thirteen million. So he's not going to get paid less. Yeah, he's not going to get paid less. They won't go for that. Anyway, there were some trades. Yeah, and some signings. Big, big time trades. Should we talk about the big deal first? Let's do it. All right. So I think. Hold on. I think before we move on, I think we need to plug the show. Plug guy. Well, you are the plug. I need. Think I need to step in. <laughs> plug it away, plugger. You're listening to Purposely Offsides Sports Podcast. You want to follow us? You can see us on Instagram, purposely underscore offside. Follow us on Twitter as well at PO Sports Talk. Uh, once again, we just wrapped up uh, our third show for ninety three point three CFMU, which is going to be airing. Will probably be tomorrow morning at nine thirty. So, uh, if you've checked out our show on CFMU, we thank you for listening. We hope you continue to listen. We hope you're enjoying our talks uh, live on the radio. Um, you can listen on uh, live on air at 93.3 FM in the car. Every Monday work, morning. Every Monday morning. You can also listen online at cfmu.ca. Um, whether you're at work, you want to toss uh, toss the headphones in, even uh, if you're streaming live while you're commuting. Um, or even just download our podcast. We were available on all streaming platforms, especially Anchor, Apple Music, Spotify, we usually run about an hour show. You can even quickly download us and uh, listen to us even on your commute. So we thank you for continuing to listen, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So let's jump into some uh, some big, big trade talk in Leafland as well. What a great plug. Before we dive into that, just want to acknowledge your plug. I'm the plug. That was sexy. <laughs> it's a great plug, man. Are you, are you, uh, you going to get the shirt? The, the plug, man? I've been looking. I can't find it online. Apparently, for, for some reason, it's like some like seasonal sale on uh, uh, on Amazon and stuff. But I'm looking, so stay tuned for that. We can make one too, just uh, just a yeah. plug outlet, like a plug in an outlet with like purposely offside on top. We got to get some swag for ourselves, man. Yeah, we should get. We're some at swag. the point right now where we got to start. Uh, yeah, fan. 
I want a branded Start fan in here out. so I stop sweating. One hundred percent. Purposely offside fan. If any if any listeners want to donate a fan for our studio, I would really appreciate that. So the trade. Nazem Kadri gets traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, as a result, Toronto gets back Alexander Kerfoot. And I'm excited about this guy, man. Right-handed defenseman. I repeat, <laughs> right-handed defenseman, Tyson Berry. Finally. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the complete trade, um, the Leafs actually sent Nazem Kadri and Callie Rosen a third-round pick in 2020. All right. Tyson Berry, Alexander Kerfoot, um, and a sixth-round pick, 2020 sixth-round pick comes um, from Colorado to Toronto. So I guess we should just kind of look at this trade and maybe just say what we what we think about it, our thoughts. Well, we we touched based on it uh, on it on uh, prior podcasts, even right after their their loss in the playoffs. Is who's the trade chip for the Leafs to move ahead? And we all came to the agreement that it was going to be Naz, just because of his. I don't think it's because of the antics in the playoffs. It's his contract. And I think when Dubas and Shaney and the rest of the brass sat down, they said, okay, where, out of everyone on our team, who can we use that has enough value and who has a good contract for us to get rid of and get a decent return? And the only guy in that roster that could fetch a return without giving up something on their team was Naz. He had a very low cap hit. He's a center, which the Brian you mentioned before, centers are always va- the most valuable out of everyone. He's a he's a proven player. He's a veteran. He's a thirty goal scorer, and he's got a low cap hit. Could, could could fetch you a lot, and it did. Not many trades nowadays. Can you have two clear winners? Yeah, and I think both teams came out a winner. The the Avs got a uh, he's going to play second line center. Alongside some talented players, and they got Callie Rosen, which was going to bring in. He was probably going to fit in with the Leafs anyway this year, and the Leafs got their right-handed D and a younger, cheaper cadre, really in a way with Kerfoot. So I think both teams came out ahead, really, which is very rare to say in a trade in the NHL nowadays. I I, I like the trade, but it, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys saw that report that Kadri nixed the report or sorry a trade to Calgary originally. For TJ Brody. I heard it was for yeah, TJ wow. Brody. Because he was on awesome. a no trade, and they had to go to Kadri and say, do you want to go there? And apparently Calgary called him and said that they wanted him, and he still nixed it. Wow. I I, I didn't hear that. It came out in uh, the uh, Toronto Sun Yeah, this, I this heard morning. the rumor is TJ Brody for, for Kadri. Yeah, and there were some other uh, players sprinkled in here and there, but that was the main trade. It would have been Brody for Kadri. I, I mean, think, I, I think I, it was Jankowski, actually the Hamilton boy. Yeah, I would say I that uh, Colorado is a... A better destination than Calgary in terms of talent on the roster. I think Barry's a better fetch than Brody. And Barry's yeah. a better fetch than Brody, hundred percent. I love the trade. No, I, I did not hear that report. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to send. I'll have to post it later. Send it to you. But yeah, it's yeah. that's what was coming out, and there were some a bunch of uh, reports that, that verified that. So pretty pretty cool. The only thing that bothers me a little bit about the trade, and maybe about the approach that Dubas takes, he's a one year guy. He wants control for a year, and then UFA or RFA the year after. Oh, uh, Tyson Berry. Berry, Muzzin, 
I mean, he locked up Kerfoot, thankfully, but he seems to just like that one-year control. Then you're just back at the same thing. Now you got to sign the guy. And I, by all accounts, Barry probably wants eight plus next year. Well, who knows, right? He's he's a high-scoring defenseman, right? He had he got 59 points last year, and you know, 14 goals, 45 assists. You have him on defense now for next year. You have Riley on defense. You have Jake Muzzin. In emerging Travis Dermott, that's not too bad of a top four, guys. And I think the important thing here is, although we're losing that third-line center depth with Nazem Kadri, I think overall, I'd say the Toronto Maple Leafs are a better team because of this trade. And let's not, like, forget about Alexander Kerfoot. Good player. He played in their power play. Yeah. I was looking at uh, his... He had like a highlight reel on YouTube of his goals last year. And the majority of them were in the power play. He snipped against the Leafs in the power play too when they played him. Canadian boy, 24 years old, from Vancouver, 5'10", 175 pounds. He's a true third-line player. Kadri, I think, is a second-line player right now. I think Kerfoot's a, a true third-line player. And he's getting paid like a third-line player. Yeah. 15 goals, 27 assists last year, 42 points. Not too bad. That's what you want. It's not like this line. guy's a nobody. Yeah. It's a, it was a... It's, a good trade, yeah. I think the, the Leafs have overhauled their roster a lot from last year. I mean, you're losing Hainsey, Kadri, Rosen. Gardner's probably gone. Zaitsev. Zaitsev's gone. Like, there are a lot of... It, it's going to look... It, your core is still there, but your supporting cast is what you need to go far in the playoff run. Because your you're, you're, you're top six will, will get you there and will score the important goals. But you've seen every playoff run. You need depth. You need third and fourth line scoring. Just they, bottom line. They got rid of all the guys who said they were going to be gone. Every single one of them. Marlowe, too. Marlowe. That that's a tough loss, but... Hey, Needed. Like I said, I said it uh, said it to you and I tweeted it out. Patrick Marlowe is the sacrificial lamb of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And that's why Mitch Marner should sign, too, right? I mean, I think Marlowe left so the Leafs can have room to sign... All their young talent. That's what pissed me off. Like Marner's like heartfelt goodbye message. It's like grow up, man. The reason why he's gone is because you're greedy. <laughs> he sent this huge thank you, blah blah blah. I love you. I'm gonna miss you. It's well, like he'd still a, be here. A if professional, he's... professional exit. I know. Yeah, it's veteran. Just a, I know. It just bugs me. I know. The other reason I feel really good about uh, the trade. I mean, Tyson Berry makes me feel good about the trade because we got a right-hand defenseman. What also makes me feel good is, is the fact that we signed Jason Spezza. I think this is a... That came out of nowhere. I think this is a... First of all, this they're... is the most Leafs signing of all time. <laughs> it is. <yeah>. It is. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. But it's different than when they used to do it before. Before, they used to sign these types of players in hopes that they were going to be the saviors at 36 years old, 37 years old. Yeah. <laughs> now they're making them because they can actually have a, an impact on lines three or four and contribute in ways... Um, that veterans contribute. I think Whether it's in the effective. locker room or on the ice. I loved what he said when he came here. He's like, man, I'm not about the money right now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like I want to win. He signed like the veteran awesome. minimum, 700K. Yeah, it was great. Guys, no bonuses, nothing. A veteran minimum. That's a pretty decent player to have on as a vet, on a veteran yep. minimum. With no bonuses or anything. Like usually those guys sign, you know, the minimum, but you score 15 goals. Okay, now you get an extra mil. You get this, these assists, you get an extra mil. No bonuses, literally nothing. 700k that's it bare bones he he smells it man and he smells some endorsement deals he smells that. it i don't think he's gonna Spess get endorsements big, like the young guys no but. he's not gonna get as much but spess is a big enough name that he'll get some 
He'll be on some commercials. Some insurance. Like if Hyman can get some insurance uh, <laughs> commercials. Uh, I can't remember the. He'll get like an Unico Pasta commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking just before we started the podcast about the projected Leafs lines. And with Hyman being out for a bit, they have to shuffle the lineups. And there's talk of uh, the fourth line. And th- there's no name for it, but somebody tossed out like an Italian flag with like, we called it the uh, the Forza Italia line or something. They had like Kenny Agostino, Jason <laughs> Spezza, and then somebody threw in Jeremy Bracco Holy as the fourth line. Holy. Just like the greasiest fourth line in NHL history. That is the Azzurri line. <laughs> the amazing. Forza Azzurri line. <laughs> That's so great. It's, just need to bring back Mike Santarelli. Oh, um, yeah. He, I love Frankie Mike Car- Or Luca Caputi. Yeah. Bring back Luca Caputi. <laughs> Frankie That's Luca. a name drop. <laughs> that is so, a name the drop. The Leafs has had some, like, legendary, infamous Italians on their team over the years. <laughs> Michael Mike- Pekka? Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. I still remember that game he got just crushed. Where was that? <laughs> Calgary? Like, no, back. that was just... So, no, that was Gilmore against Calgary. Gilmore was Calgary, but Pekka just got dummied, like... <laughs> It may have been in, in the island. I can't remember where that game was, but he just got demolished, and he was done. I'm not sure why the thought of Mike Peck getting <laughs> crushed is so funny right now. It's so great. And I, I was excited from the beginning. He played, what, 20 games that year maybe before he just got dummied? Like well, Nia, that, Nia, that was one of those signings that we were talking yeah. about, right? Like that's Lindros, Michael Pekka when he's in Nothing. the twilight of his career. Lindros right? was one of those. Brian Leach. Brian Leach, Leach, I like. I like though he played in the Cabe back in like oh three oh four, and he he's pretty effective for that playoff run. Ron Francis. <laughs> oh my God, the Leafs. Was what like, was the average age of that team? Like thirty nine years. Had old? to be forty two. Imagine that team playing in the new game in oh, the new NHL. They get dummied. Sometimes on Leafs TV they play like uh, classics. The classics. And anything before the lockout, I can't believe was hockey. I know. Like they were just literally just grabbing, just like hugging them. Like nope, you're not going anywhere. They punched each other in the face. They no slashed penalties. like crazy. They they um they hooked all day. Nothing. It was, it was they, they always show they always show the classics from like '93. Yeah, with like the shark series and stuff. Man, they're just hacking like two handing everybody out there, just like hitting everybody from behind in the corners. It was just like savage hockey back in the day. It was awesome. I love watching yeah, it's it. It's awesome. It was great. They need but, a hybrid of that. Like now you just get touched and it's a slash. They need a hybrid of like. You can still let someone know you're there, but just don't call it every time. Yeah. Uh, you know? And be consistent. And be consistent. Uh, sorry. Consi- oh my God, I cannot speak. I'm like, almost said Sergei Kostitsin. <laughs> be consistent. The right? Because the, they, the they call it differently in the season and the playoffs. But I think we've, we've talked about that before. Oh, that's funny. I anyway, the Italian line. The, the Jason Spezza we're getting is not the one that used to play for the Senators. It's not even the one that really play for the Dallas Stars in, in the first couple of years. It's, you know, it's a 36-year-old Jason Spezza. I don't think anyone's expecting too much out of him, though. Like, he'll play fourth line, which I think is an upgrade on uh He's a good face-off man, no? 58% last year. That's the number I want to throw to you guys. Well, how many goals awesome. did he have? Last year he had eight goals, 19 assists, 27 how, points. How many More games? than Freddie the Goat. 76 games. I was going to say, I was going to say, is he an instant upgrade over Goche? All day long. All day. I think Jason Spezza... It's not even about what he brings in terms of points. I think he's that type of guy that does the little things right. You know, he's still a big body. He Pass wins, well. He wins your face-offs, and he passes well. Yeah. That's why he's. Gonna, that's why he might get some power play minutes, right? He's a, he's a really effective passer. 
I don't have his um, like I don't have his micro stats or analytics on me. But he he's a he's a good passer. He's, he's an upgrade a, over Goche, which and Goche was just stone hands, slow. So I don't think any. I think Spets on the fourth line will look better to Leafs fans all day long than Goche. He's does. skilled. Like a, yeah, he's, he's a, a skilled, skilled player. player, and and you need skill to play with skill, and that's where Goche doesn't really fit in, right? He's a rugged hockey player, but he doesn't have. But he's the not skill. even rugged. Yeah, he's, he's just not even tall rugged. and slow. He looks rugged, but he's not. Like, he doesn't play rugged. And he's but he's not the worst hockey. Freddie Goche is not the worst hockey player in the world. He's when you got so many talented guys around you, it's you, you can't put a. Stonehands, rugged hockey player in center ice and expect good results, right? With speedy wingers. With speedy wingers. That drove me yeah. nuts. Yeah. They had, a, they had a skillful fourth line, but they just had nobody that could win the puck again. You put a 6'3 center yeah. who can pass and wins 58%, almost 60% of the faceoffs, I'll take that all day. And he'll be out there for a penalty kill. I was going to say, who's going to kill penalties for them this year? I, I think he'll. I think they'll put Spets in positions where win the faceoff and get off the ice. Sort of like Boston does yeah. sometimes with um, with Bergeron in really important situations. Win the faceoff, get off the ice. Kapanen goes on, for example. And let's also factor in that he might he's going to play third, fourth line, limited minutes, potentially maybe load management creeps into hockey next year with the Toronto Maple Leafs with these kind of players. Who knows? With Spezza? I don't know. Right? Depends. I don't, I don't think that'll ever be a hockey thing. We'll see if that happens. But, I mean, the point is... He's going to be playing against the opposition's uh, fourth line as well, and that's and that's good for a guy like Jason Spezza who brings that kind of skill. Um, although he is, you know, getting up there in age, I think load management is going to be a thing next year in hockey. But with goalies, I hope so. I it, think it I, better be with the Leafs. But they they can't afford that if they have a garbage backup. Like if Sparks comes back, what are you going to load manage? Yeah. Well, You're, they, it's yeah, a they, guaranteed loss if he goes in that. I would be so confident going in. I mean, let's you know, saying let's hypothetically saying Mitch Marner signed, take this roster into next year fully confident within except except the backup goalie. And that that's what that's I think the one thing they need to address right now. Just backup backup goalie. Get Marner signed, maybe make a couple tweaks here and there if you can if you can land another defenseman somehow do it. Yeah. But just Nobody on this team has any confidence in in, uh, in Garrett Sparks. Nobody. Man, there's so, all that there's all that Reimer talk, and I was like, man. I still wouldn't mind back. that though. It's he's familiar with the market, and he wasn't that bad. This no, the Leafs were a bad team. Man, he took the Leafs to seven. He took that Leafs team, which were terrible, to seven games. Not terrible, but they. What? I mean, in some respect, they were terrible. <laughs> so we're, we're the team of this decade, that's for sure. They got the Tampa has that has three goalies now, because they signed McElhaney. so they have the backup from last year. I can't remember what his name Deming? is. Deming. Deming. So he's on. I th- I'd say he's available. Why would why else would Tampa have three goalies there? Maybe send like a second. I mean, we don't have our first round pick next year. We don't have our third round pick. May as well get rid of the second round pick too. Anyway, that's the only that's the only position I'm I'm a little hesitant with. Going into the next season is the backup goalie position because I really think like sixty to sixty-five games is what you want your goalie to play. I, I'd say even less. Like if you can, if you can get under sixty, if you can get under, yeah, you're right. If you and the yeah. only reason why Anderson was around, I think he was sixty-five-ish last year, was because he was injured for yeah. what, like four to six weeks or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, he was Babcock was throwing him in there for probably seventy-five games. I think, I, th- I agree with you. I think. 
you, 60 or below might even be the number. Without injury, though. Without injury. I, because the only reason he was lower last year is because of an injury. So he's almost forced to take a rest. And, I, and I'm only saying this because load management's like that term now. Clearly, it worked with Kawhi Leonard. I know it's a different sport. But um, this year, Tuka Rask, his numbers... It works for goalies. His it games does, played man. were lower, and he, you know, he went to the finals. He looked fresh. He looked, uh, he looked healthy. Uh, during Bennington, mm-hmm. how many games did he play this year? Well, he came in halfway through the January season. January. Okay, playing. when they were in last place, right. they, they tossed him out there. Yeah, but I, I think they were. I think Freddie played a lot this year because they were trying to chase Tampa. Or not trying to chase Tampa. They were trying to chase Boston. But even near the end of, end of the season, spot. when they were they were playing meaningless games, he was still putting them in there. They're, I think they're still trying to chase Boston. Oh, but then it kind of got away from them, and then he and then he sat back and said, "Hmm, last few games maybe we'll." Yeah, you're right, Brian. He played 60 games yeah. last year, Anderson. But I think like he had a four to six week yeah, period where he just wasn't playing any games, and that's the only reason why he's at 60. But also, Anderson's 60 games. Or almost like 70 games when you consider the amount of shots he faced in some. Yeah. He's just shot. Right when you get 45, 50, 50 shots in I, some games last year, that's that takes a toll on you. Like mid-November, I would just like to see Babcock get away from the prototypical standard. Backup is playing the second half of the back-to-back. And that's the only time your backup's going in. Like Sunday afternoon against Carolina, maybe you can put in your backup goalie, even though it's not a back-to-back, for example. Or Monday night at home against Arizona or something. Like, so you want to give him like an extended rest, like maybe like yeah. half, half a week of rest. Anderson and... plays Saturday, for example, and then he's off until you know Thursday night, and then he plays Thursday Saturday. Like, why not give him that extended rest? Whereas this year it was like, nope, you're playing no matter what, unless it's a back to back. But yeah, he's we'll so see. stubborn. He's oh stubborn. man, he's stubborn with everything. I, I just think, don't think, I think he had trust in Sparks either. Nobody did. I don't we think save, anybody did. We'll save that Babcock time for. Oh, or Babcock I talk. have an entire entire podcast dedicated to that. I wouldn't mind Hutchinson coming in. Yeah, that's like, not I bad. Act- I actually didn't mind him last year. He didn't play the greatest, but I had more confidence in him than Sparksy. It's frustrating because like Curtis McAleen was a perfect backup. That was an, not many people get mad at Dubas for anything, but I think that was a huge oversight on on his part. And again, it's not do or die if that's your biggest mistake, giving up on a backup goalie, but. I think they truly need a, a reliable backup goalie because Garrett Sparks is. Hmm. Tampa just gave McAlini his richest contract ever. Oh, Tampa? Yeah. yeah. Tampa signed McAlini. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what was that? One point four? Yeah, like three million over two years. McAlini's good for him rain. though, and yeah. that's only because of that Leaf season. He was no, well, the the playoff run last no, year. No, I know, but it's the Leafs playing well in the Leafs. Sort of kickstarted that career with Carolina, which then got him the contract with Tampa. Because, like, the Leafs got him out of Columbus, and he was basically a nobody at that point. Like, he was basically at the end of his career. That save on Crosby, which Jordan thinks oh, that was, was the most, a huge conspiracy. The, the conspiracy? That was the dumbest take My ever. My first hot take, I'm purposely offside. I can't believe But that, that was, like, that game is kind of what made him, too. Right? Yeah. That game, they, they, they clinched a playoff spot. He made the save on Crosby. I still remember where I was for that game, too. I was up in Allison at Dye's parents, and her brother was, like, nine at the time. And he made that save, and they finally clinched. Oh, screaming. So so happy. Just like yelling yeah. at the top of my lungs. I was watching it at home alone. We're always doing right. <laughs> Sulk or I uh, scream. I do got to get out of here shortly. All right. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up soon. Just want to, this is non-Leafs related, but I've just kind of been kind of questioning this because we were talking about the Islanders earlier. Why did they get rid of Robin Leonard? Looks like they botched that a little bit. Uh, apparently, I saw 
some like snippets from an interview he had and apparently they said that Lou like gave him some sort of like ultimatum because like he wanted term or something like that and they they wanted to give him a short-term deal uh something went wrong in the contract negotiations and then he just said you know what i'm done i'm just gonna leave and then chicago just came in and just paid him out of yeah. the blue and then he just signed there because now they got Crawford and, and Robin which is, which is weird. They paid him five million. That's a lot. That's a lot for that's a backup. We- I was like, Unless they put on Chicago, moving Crawford. That's weird. Yeah. From I, what I from what I heard him saying, and I could be wrong. Like, don't quote me on exact words, but that him and Lou and management were talking about a contract, and, and he thought it was going in the right direction. And then he was blindsided with with the Islanders um, signing. What, what was his name? Who did the, who did the Islanders end up getting after uh, Leonard? Well, they have Thomas Grice, do they not? They signed another goalie. They signed another goalie. I'm not sure who they signed. But Tex, who did they sign? Try and find out. Plug guy. Get on it. <laughs> research guy. Plug guy slash research slash stats, stats guy. guy. So anyway, the the Islanders were in contract nego- negotiations with them and then ended up signing this other goalie who Batag. They signed with. Varlamov. Varlamov, that's it. Oh yeah. And then he was sort of blindsided by that and apparently from his camp said he, he didn't know that they were going to do that. So at that point, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to sign somewhere else then. I just found it interesting because he had a great year. He won an award. Yeah, the Resilience. Or the Resilience, was it Ted yeah. Lindsay or something Ma- like that? Masterson. Masterson. The Masterson, yeah. Jason Blake won that one year. Yeah. And, you know, he was a big part of this of their success. I was just – that was surprising to me. And then since we were talking about the Islanders, I just thought – They overachieved this year, though. I, I don't think, think the so. Islanders make the playoffs next year. I think so. I think they overachieved big time. I don't know. I mean – We'll see. They might miss the playoffs next year. Who knows? It's the NHL's. It's it's weird, right? It's there's a lot of teams who take steps back and and teams who take steps forward that you don't expect either. I, I think New Jersey will be good next year. Yeah. Right. So I mean, they they got to I mean, they got to occupy a playoff spot. But they make the playoffs and then come back with the exact same team and miss. Yeah. Right. They were just terrible, even though they had the same team basically. Yeah. So it's. I I don't know. The NHL bugs me. They really bother. A lot me. of parody in it, right? So I found out the Leonard comments. So apparently he was quoted saying that they were a bit off in terms of money and Lou sort of gave him like an ultimatum. And then he said that I wanted a couple of days to think about it. When he came back to go back to the negotiations, uh, they had the Varlamov deal done. So they kind of just like gave him an ultimatum. He was taking some time to think about it, but then they just moved on and said, okay, never mind. We're moving on to Varlamov. Makes sense. Interesting. Because you don't want to miss out on Varlamov yeah. because some guy's taking his time to think about it. That's a, such a Lou move. That's a pure loop move. He gave him I can't believe he's still going. Reviews. The guy's like almost 80. The guy just loves the game, man. Anyway, we're wrapping up here on Purposely Offside. We we didn't talk Leafs for a while, but we went off for 55 minutes on Leaf Talk. That's like our shortest podcast involved. Well, I mean, you factor in the first half hour with uh, with the Raptors. We, we got a pretty lengthy, yeah. pretty lengthy show this week. A reminder to listen to... 93.3 CFMU Mac Radio. Every Monday at 9.30, the first half hour of the show is uh, is aired. Um, and then and always, you can find us here on Anchor. You can find us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Right? Just download us, subscribe, listen. We're appreciating everyone uh, who, do, who does listen. Feel free to send us some, some comments on what you want us to talk about. Um, and yeah. This has been fun. All right, we'll be back in studio later this week. We got some nice interviews set up. 
We do. Hopefully yeah. with a Marner contract in place. Yeah, and the great thing about all this stuff going on with Marner and Leafs and the it's Raptors, it's, it's content. And sometimes, you know, the summertime is where you really struggle to find content. But You always hear these guys on, on radio say they just they crave this kind of stuff in the offseason because nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. And, and bottom line, now we're in the content game. Like, yeah. we need stuff to happen in order to talk about it, right? Because usually, like, let's say Marner was signed, Kawhi stayed, middle of July, what are we going to talk about, Jay's Orioles? Yeah. So, you know, it's Do sort not of just, want to discuss that. No, no. So it gives us something to talk about, which is good. But wait, oh, wait till October, baby. Oh, my God. We're going to be in here for six hours. Well, you know, if, hey, next podcast we can talk uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., a home run derby tomorrow on Monday night. Um, so we can talk about that on the next podcast. Before we, before we wrap up, can I ask one question? Mm-hmm. Over, under on the amount of minutes you've watched of a Jays broadcast this year? Like total, summarize. Like, ex- like are, you, are, you, are you saying sitting in front of the coach watching live. or on in the background? Sitting down, investing your time in a, on a live broadcast. Not highlights. It's, it's live. The game's happening. Under five minutes. I'm, I'm, at, I'm honestly, swear to God, I'm at zero. I watched, I'm at under five minutes. I think I watched two innings yesterday. Wow. And they Tarp were playing off. Baltimore, and they scored five runs in the fourth as the game Preet went to, a good friend Preet Singh, and I just turned it off after. I said, okay, game's over. Yeah, I'm at and zero that's minutes. And that's it for my series. Season. Tarp off? <laughs> I was definitely tarp off. That's amazing. I had to ask because, like, we're no, all Jays I, fans. I am, it's just they're so bad. It's unfortunate, under but five minutes. Yeah, you know what? They're they'll turn it around. Well, how can you talk about the Jays Orioles when you got Kawhi leaving and you got the Leafs making trades and you got Marner, you know, on the brink of signing or not signing or signing an offer sheet? It's I do want I do want to talk about Jays next time because I I hate their management. And I, I I don't like the way the season's going. We're all yeah, big we'll fans have to of the Jays. So maybe like middle end of July. Yeah. Early August, when there's nothing really else going on, we can have a little segment. Dedicated. Well, are you guys going to watch the home run derby tomorrow? Are you going to watch Vladdy? No, because there's a lot of talk about him. He's, going, he's going up against Yelich. No, nope, not anymore. Yelich is injured. He's out. Yeah, Chapman's taking Yelich's spot. Wow. So yeah, that could change the odds in terms of who's going to win the uh, the home run derby. Yeah, Yelich is injured. Uh, I'll watch it. I'll watch I'll it. Talk around. I'll watch the highlights. I just can't invest in baseball right now. Just it doesn't. I have no interest in it. Right Stuff. So slow, yeah. Although the home run derby is one of those things that you do end up watching. Yeah, if there's fan. any all star game that does it right, it's the baseball. Yeah, yeah. If it's MLB's all star game is is great. With the NBA's too, the NBA's is pretty good as well. That's all for us here on Purposely Offside. Thanks for listening, guys. And as always, uh, have a great one. Keep listening, subscribe, and thank you for listening. See ya. Peace.